Welcome to the podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. This show is sponsored by Gemmer. Collect and connect at gemmer.com. All right, I have a special guest today. I'm with Gabe Feach. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, you did. And uh, he is a dealer, and you know, he's a pretty savvy dealer. I can tell already. Seems to know quite a bit what he's doing. There's only one thing a little different. He's 18 years old. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, just a little background. I went to an auction, and um, I saw I saw him taking plates and picking up plates and doing what I do is rub, rub my hand around the edge to see if there's any chips on it or any cracks or anything. And I said, that guy, I wonder if he's a dealer. And sure enough. Yeah. Um, and so how long have you been uh, a dealer? I've been a dealer for about four years now. Uh, so we started when you were around 14. 14, yeah. And... Um, right off the bat, I'm going to ask you, do you know anyone else your age that's a dealer? Uh, no, I have a few friends who I kind of got into it casually, but nothing really, um, yeah. not as extreme as I do. Yeah. yeah. And you are pretty extreme. You have a space in a shop you've had for about yep. a year or so? Yep, about a year and a half. Wow. And so let's talk about your background, how you get started. What, what, how did someone, where no one has interest in antiques in your age, how did you get interested in it? So uh, when I was little, I collected coins, and I still do collect coins. And then sort of that got me into antiques through kind of going to garage sales looking for coins. And then I, I eventually sort of gravitated to the antiques at the, at the garage sales, estate sales. Eventually, I started going to coin auctions, and there was also antiques there. So uh, I ended up actually buying all antiques at the first auction I went to instead <laughs> of all coins. So Oh, is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Now, someone like I, I grew up uh, young when there were other people doing the same thing and it wasn't unusual at all but these days it is but i always uh the one thing that i gravitated to was older people and knowledge learning mm. and and how generous um people tend to be uh for instance i remember I, I worked auctions since i was 15 years old and when i saw something that sold for a lot of money i would hand it to the person that bought it and before i'd run back to work and you know to pick up another object I'd say, can you tell me why this sold for so much? Why do you do stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I talk to as many dealers so that I can as I can. Um, I always go to whenever I go to shows. I sort of uh, pick up items that look interesting to me, and I, and I talk to the dealers about what they have, what kind of things um, they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, one of the things that um, can stop um, anyone young in their tracks, and but it's also uh, the school of hard knocks is fakes and reproductions. Mm-hmm. And uh, ha- have you had experience uh, with those? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I've definitely made mistakes before. It's just part of the business. Yeah. Um, I've bought um, my my worst one was I bought a, a really fake. I've bought a fake uh, Chippendale chair uh, from. It, well, it was supposed to. Be, it was from Philadelphia, but um, it mm-hmm. actually wasn't from the 18th century. So. Oh, it was a centennial? It, no, it was actually a deliberate fake. It's probably oh. in the 20s. Oh, oh, in the yeah. 1920s? Probably, right. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in the 1920s yeah. in Boston. Um, I don't know if you heard about that, but um, they have, uh, every once in a while, you'll have what they call the Boston Massacre. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't, no. Okay, and that is, uh, they took, uh, they made a Frankenstein. They'd take beautiful period furniture that had problems. Mm-hmm. Back in the 1920s, there were some shops, and then they would morph it into another type um by parts oh yeah and on the outside it looks wonderful and then you pull a drawer and then you see like a screw hole in the middle of a board somewhere that shouldn't be one yeah that's what they call the boston massacre (laughs) (laughs) 
No, I never so, heard of that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you won't run across. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's, it's just, it's really good to have someone um, your age. It gives us all hope for the future. We are all talking about it. And I, I said this to you when I first met you is, you know, you're going to have, the world will be your oyster if you stay at this. And do you plan to stay at this? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to be collecting antiques my entire life. I want to fill my house with antiques. Um, I'm not sure if I want to do it for a career yet. I'm still deciding. Um, yeah. But I'm definitely going to be uh, around antiques my whole life. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When you're, uh, you never lose the knowledge. Yeah. So if you're learning something, even if it's the hard way, but if you're learning something, you know, 20 years from now, if you're not in the business but you're collecting, you're going to know something that someone else doesn't know mm. and, uh, and to your benefit. So, yeah, so keep, keep doing what you're doing. That, that's great. Um, and let's talk about your shop. What is the, the range of items that you, you sell there? So I sell anything from, like, a few dollars to, like, a few thousand dollars there. It's all, like, um, per- I try to make it all period 18th century or early 19th century items with a few sprinkling uh, with a, th- a sprinkling of items from later periods and earlier periods. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I sell a lot of glass, porcelain, um, furniture, um, pewter. I have some pewter in there, um, all kinds of stuff. Now, can you describe what your, your best find has been so far? Oh, that's that's a tough call. But I found um, I found some amazing things. But probably my favorite personally was I found a really early drape bust dollar. It was in terrible shape, but it was at this in this, this kind of like collection of coins that I sort I bought one time. It was I think I paid maybe twenty five dollars, and I ended up getting the drape bust dollar with the stuff, and it was, and I ended up selling it for about fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars. Pretty sweet. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was early on. That was kind of what got me hooked into. Yeah, yeah. That that happens to a lot of us. We get, you know, one <laughs> one really good yeah. uh, hit. When, um, that happened to me, you know, many times over the years. And, you know, the, the good thing about it, it, it's always been by accident. Yeah. You know, um, I bought a clock when I was 18 years old, your age. Um, I had no idea what it was, and it was a Lemuel Curtis liar clock. And I bought it for thirty five dollars. Yeah. And uh, it was on top of a armoire in an attic, and a little old lady said, "You know, she said this is what she wanted for it." And I bought it, and I needed a little bit of work and put it together. Um, someone uh, came along and said, "I'll give you four hundred dollars for it." Yeah. And to me, back in the nineteen seventies, that was like, wow. Yeah. And then I found out later that they sold it for two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and it was a relative, by the way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So, but you know, you learn. But still, there, there's another saying that goes around the business: everybody makes a little money, or no one makes any money. That's right. In other words, you can hold on trying to get the best dollar. Mm. So, you've been at this for four years. So, you've been at it in a time where prices have, are down compared to what yeah. they used to be. So, does that make it more accessible to you? Definitely. That definitely helped me out at the beginning because I don't think I'd be able to really grow and expand as much as I have if the prices were as high as they were because I wouldn't be able to afford a lot of the things I, I, I deal in now. Yeah, yeah. And do you have like a, um, is it just a routine? What do you do for, how do you find stuff? So I sort of search all over the place. I go to estate sales, I go to yard sales, I go to auctions, I go to shops, I go to flea markets, I go to shows. I kind of search. Whenever there's something involving antiques, I'll be there. 
Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever go to, um, say, like a Goodwill or something like that and, uh, and scan? Or? I've never really found anything great at a thrift <laughs> shop, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I have been through and I have looked, but um, yeah. to no um, You know, i just going to tell you, I was out in California for uh, about nine years and I worked out there. And this guy uh, out there, it's a, it's a wealthy area in the San Francisco area. And this guy had a routine where he'd get up and he'd hit thrift shops one day, mm-hmm. antique shops another day. But he used to come in, and one time he came in for a painting. We got twelve thousand dollars for him. The price tag was a dollar seventy-five that he bought at the thrift shop. That's amazing. It is. So, <laughs> it is really rare. Anytime that I go in, and you've been doing this for four years, but I bet you do this too. You do the scan. Yeah. You know the quick scan. Yeah. And if something catches your eye, you stop, and then you walk over and pick it up and check it out. But, exactly. Yeah. But uh, a lot of times it's. Uh, it's fun. The hunt is fun. It is, yeah. That's sort of what keeps you going is you always think that, oh, there'll be something in this next shop I'm going to go to if you're having bad luck. Yeah, yeah. So you said you got a couple friends in it. In general, when you bring it up, say you're somewhere and someone asks you what what do you do, or you say you're going to school, which yeah. you are, but you also say you're also a dealer? Yes. And what's what's the reaction? Uh, they're usually a little bit surprised, um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but... Um, they sort of ask me, usually ask me questions about what kind of stuff I sell, and then um, I'll sort of go into more detail if they're interested. All right. Now I'm going to ask you, what is the thing that gets you interested and excited about doing this? I love the history and the behind objects. I love to hear where they're from, where they're made, uh, what kind of circumstances they were made in, um, who owned them. And I just really love learning about the history of the objects themselves. And I really enjoy, obviously, the aesthetics of them as well. Well, you know, I, I love to hear that and, and um, uh, because that's the way I feel too. But I, I think, and I'm not saying this in any type of offensive way, but I think that it's kind of lost in your generation, mm. that whole thing. Do you agree with that or Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, I'll show things that I'm really excited about to my friends. Like um, I mentioned recently as I got a pair of Chinese export salts and I was really excited about them. <laughs> And then I showed them to a few of my friends, and they just didn't really get it. They didn't really yeah. understand what was so special about them. Old stuff. Yeah. 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 So if anyone wants to email you, I will, if you look under this podcast, I will have your email address, and all they have to do is click on it, and it will pop up. Great. And someone can say hello. And yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. And uh, at Gemmer.com, we're going to be uh, putting you in a couple of films. Great. It's, it's fun to see someone young in the business, and I'm glad you're here. Great. Thank you. Thanks. podcast at antiqueauctionforum.com. This show is sponsored by Gemmer. Collect and connect at gemmer.com.